Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 122 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Tuesday, April 5th. 2022. This evening at 6, I'm scheduled to appear at the Political Animals Group at Pizza Pro in, where is it, Sherwood? I think it's Sherwood. Let me, let me, let me double check. No, it's not Sherwood. It's Valonia. My apologies profusely. All right, that having been said, today, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson is openly floating the idea of his running for president. I know, I know. One of the most ridiculous things you ever heard, but it's true. He's actually talking about it. Details coming up on today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, It's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And, yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And, yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this really different kind of talk show, we're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com and click on the button that says Become a Patron. I'm running for governor, Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas. I'm the only conservative running. If you like to support that venture, the website is electdocwashburn.com. I introduce myself to people all over the state. I say, unlike my opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I will actually answer questions. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's a time-honored tradition that if a former governor of your state announces he's going to run for governor, and you're the current governor of the same party, well, of course, you headline the rally, you at least introduce him, at the rally to announce his candidacy. That's exactly what Aza Hutchinson did in 2015 when Mike Huckabee announced he was running for governor again. Pardon me. When Mike Huckabee announced he was running for president again, Governor Aza Hutchinson introduced him at the big campaign announcement rally that Huckabee was running for president again. I would go a little bit different direction, and I'll tell you. If I'm elected governor of Arkansas and Asa Hutchinson announces he's going to run for president, I will not be a party to that campaign rally, to that announcement. What I would do is have a press conference 
with members of the legislature and possibly former members of the legislature who were in the legislature when Asa was governor and talk about his legacy. Talk about the fact that Republicans in the state legislature passed a bill called the Safe, pardon me, passed a bill called the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. The bill to outlaw chemical castration of minors in this state. And about the fact that Aza Hutchinson vetoed it. And about the fact that his veto was overwhelmingly overridden by Republicans in the state legislature. And about the fact that the Democrats, the party of abortion, the party of death, stood with Aza Hutchinson and he stood with them. And about the fact that when Tucker Carlson asked him if Walmart had anything to do with his decision, he said no, he was lying, and there's proof. And about the fact that people from Aza's area of the state, his area of strongest support up until that veto, the people who had always backed him no matter what he did, began, began contacting their legislators after that veto and telling them, I don't care what he vetoes next, override it. Governor Asa Hutchinson has made a huge error. At this point, he could not get elected dog catcher in the state of Arkansas. He lives in a world of delusion. And that's fine with me. I'm not going to interrupt his reverie, if I may use that term in present company. If he hasn't figured out how unpopular he is in this state after having vetoed a bill to protect minor children from being sterilized for life, nothing I can do about that. Nothing I can do about that. That's just fine. But I know what I will do. I'm not going to lend. If I'm elected governor, I won't lend any credence to what he's trying to do. That's for sure. That's for sure. We have a lot of audio today we want to share with you. First of all, there was a a hearing today in the U.S. House about uh, Biden's 2023 defense budget. And it got kind of testy between U.S. Representative Matt Gates, who represents extreme western panhandle of Florida, the Pensacola area, and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. And so that's what I want to lead with today. Here we go. 
Secretary Austin, why should American taxpayers fund lectures at the National Defense University that promote socialism as a strategy to combat China? It's, uh, it's the National Defense University is an academic insti- uh, uh, institution, and I don't know of any... Uh, of any such lecture, but well, that's uh, surprising yeah. because it was widely reported. The National Defense University had Thomas Piketty come, and this was the title of his lecture: "Responding to China: The Case for Global Justice and Democratic Socialism." So now that you know that they did this, would you agree that embracing socialism is not an effective strategy to combat China? Well, I, I certainly don't uh, agree with embracing socialism. I so, think so that uh, means I'm sorry. We're not going to do this. We're not going to let the guy say four words and still talk and then cut him off. Well, everybody else does. Everybody else does. Time-honored tradition. Republicans and Democrats, no matter who the witness is, they interrupt with glee, with abandon. Chairman of committees hardly ever have a problem with that. Why today? Why today? But I digress. We're just not I control the time, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, but you also have to be fair to the witnesses. No, but I got the answer I wanted. I have a follow-up. My, my follow-up question is, is if, if we don't embrace it, then I guess why did the National Defense University put out a statement Again, this is funded by U.S. taxpayers saying in this talk, Mr. Piketty will argue that the right answer lies in ending Western arrogance and promoting a new emancipatory and egalitarian horizon on a global scale, a new form of democratic and participatory ecological and post-colonial socialism. So why would we invite people we don't agree with to evangelize views and values that we don't share at the National Defense University when we should be learning strategy about how to combat our enemies and make assessments that are accurate. And we do uh, uh, learn a lot about strategy and about uh, about the military and about uh, joint force development. Uh, and so that is our focus in these uh uh, in these uh, institutions, I don't know what the what the context of this particular uh, or content of this particular well, well, Mr. speech Se- was. Mr. Secretary, so I've shared with you the context. The context wasn't better understand socialism so we can defeat it. The context wasn't learn about it so that we can offer countermeasures. The concept was that it's time for socialism, and the reason I know that's the context is because the lecture was pulled from a book written by Thomas Piketty entitled "Time for Socialism," and and I. I just can't help but like notice. And so your you question been, was whether no, or not we. I control the time. Your, your question you guys have been blowing a lot of calls lately on the matters of no. strategy, Mr. Secretary. You guys told us that Russia couldn't lose. You told us that the Taliban couldn't immediately win. And so I guess I'm wondering what in the $773 billion that you're requesting today is going to help you make assessments that are accurate in the face of so many blown calls? Hello! Uh, does that. Is that read a booyah? I think it does. Booyah! Oh, he's not going to answer? No, he's going to answer. All right, here we go. You, you've, you've seen what's in our budget. You've seen how the budget matches the strategy. And so I'll let that speak for itself. 
Well, I mean, it, I've also seen that we're behind, Secretary. We're behind in hypersonics. We failed to deter Russia. Last year, China so what do you, what do you, what do you mean we're behind in hypersonics? How, how do you... Okay, how do you, who do you, who's ahead in hypersonics? How do you make that assessment? I don't know. How, is, may, is I make that assessment one? because is China is fielding hypersonic weapon systems and we are still developing them. I make that assessment because Russia actually used one. By the way, your own people brief us that we are behind and that China is winning. Are you aware of the briefings we get on hypersonics? Hello! Another booyah! I am certainly aware of briefings that we provide to, to Congress. But it, it's not just the hypersonic. It's all over the world. It's in Taiwan, where China's last year flew more sorties than ever before. It's North Korea on pace to shatter prior records, the number of missiles that they, that they are testing. And so while everyone else in the world seems to be developing capabilities and being more strategic, we got time to embrace critical race theory at West Point, to embrace socialism at the National Defense University, to do mandatory pronoun training. Do you it's, accept... You know, it's, it's, Again, this is the most capable, the most combat-credible force in the world. It has been, and it will be so uh, going forward. Not if and we this continue down this path. To do that. Not if we embrace socialism. The, the fact that you're embarrassed by your, by your country. By oh, no, no, no. I'm embarrassed by I'm, your leadership. I'm I am that. not embarrassed for my country. I wish it's we were not losing saying. to China. It's I what wish you're we saying. Were, you know what? The, that's not, you know, that is so... That is so disgraceful that you would sit here and conflate your failures with the failures of the uniformed service members. You guys said that that Russia would overrun Ukraine in 36 days. You said that the Taliban would be kept at bay for months. You totally blew those calls. And maybe we would be better at them if the National Defense University actually worked a little more on strategy and a little less on wokeism. Has it occurred to you that Russia has not overrun Ukraine because of what we've done and our allies have done? But that was big to your flawed assessment. That? that was big to your flawed assessment. And so, yeah, I saw that the Obama administration the that we tried to destroy our military by starving it of resources, and it seems the Biden administration is trying to destroy our military by force-feeding it wokeism. That's right. And Lloyd Austin knows it's right. He's upset. That's just too bad. Goes with the territory, doesn't it? It goes with the territory, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, Mark Milley. Mark Milley. The tragically hip, tragically woke. Mark Milley also spoke today. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. He spoke today. Now... What kind of foolishness did he have to offer? Mark Milley. You know what? I got a clip. I got a clip on Mark Milley, but maybe there's more to it. Let me let me let me double check real quick. Mark Milley filter today. Let's see. Yeah, this could be interesting. This could be interesting. All right. Um, let's um, 
Let's uh, hear a little bit of Mark Milley here. Alongside our allies and partners at any given time, approximately 400,000 American troops are currently standing watch in 155 countries and conducting operations every day to keep Americans safe. Currently, we are supporting our European allies and guarding NATO's eastern flank in the face of the unnecessary war of aggression by Russia against the people of Ukraine and the assault on the democratic institutions and the rules-based international order that have prevented great power war for the last 78 years since the end of World War II. We are now facing two global powers, China and Russia, each with significant military capabilities, both who intend to fundamentally change the rules-based current global order. We are entering a world that is becoming more unstable and the potential for significant international conflict between great powers is increasing, not decreasing. So, the person who uh, put that on Twitter said, Woke Millie priming us for Armageddon. Wild day to be alive. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. All right, I want to uh, I want to share with you a very serious video from one of the most wonderful members of the United States House. There is Marjorie Taylor Greene from Northwest Georgia. This is serious as a heart attack, y'all. And I agree with Matt Walsh. Every single elected Republican needs to speak out about this. But will they? Will Tom Cotton, John Bozen, French Hill, Rick Crawford, Bruce Westerman, or Steve Womack say a word about this? I don't know. We'll see. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Democrats across the country are responding to the great legislative progress to end abortion in Texas, Arizona, Oklahoma, and Kentucky by proposing ever more diabolical laws, some of which allow baby killing even after delivery. Just one example is AB 2223 in California, which would permit abortions weeks or even months after birth. Last week, we were reminded why it's so important that they fail. In our nation's capital, five dead babies were delivered to police by a pro-life activist, Lauren Handy. The babies were intact, suggesting that they had been delivered alive. One of them had her skull crushed and her brain removed in a manner consistent with partial birth abortion or infanticide. In a press conference on Thursday, D.C. Metro Police Executive Assistant Chief Ashan Benedict told us that no murder investigation had been opened since early indications were that the babies were aborted in accordance with D.C. law. This is absurd. The American media consumed with Joe Biden's trans day of visibility has been shamefully silent. The slaughter of innocent children is, of course, the logical endpoint to the left's culture of death, in which women are warmly encouraged to kill the babies they ought to be nurturing and then brag about it afterwards. Since baby-killing activists are now brazen enough to advocate for infanticide, 
it is right to ask whether these infants were a victim of this new and bloodthirsty zeal for the deaths of innocents. Every word she's saying is true. It upsets people, but it's true. We should be upset that it is true. We should not be upset that she is shining the light on this horrific slaughter. Here's more, Marjorie Taylor Greene. What we need now is a full forensic examination to determine precisely how, why, and when these blameless babies died. Then the police must open a murder investigation if the bodies are found to have air or preservative solution in the lungs. We need to hold the doctors concerned accountable. I urge D.C. Metro Police to leave no stone unturned because a society that looks the other way when innocents are slaughtered or which doesn't investigate cases like this because of daunting or difficult or just too politically inconvenient cannot endure. According to material received alongside the bodies, these babies came from Dr. Cesar Santangelo's clinic in Washington, D.C. Dr. Santangelo was caught on film in 2012 admitting that his abortion method does not use the infanticide digoxin and therefore sometimes results in live births. When that happens, he admits he does nothing to save the child. The public can examine photographs of these infants now. If you have a strong stomach, you will be able to see that they were not administered digoxin ahead of time. This is consistent with Dr. Santangelo's self-reported clinical practice. Only time and a full investigation will reveal the truth of what happened here and the culpability of any doctors that may be involved. I am reminded when I think about this case of Dr. Kermit Gosnell, Gosnell and his staff were found guilty of 32 felonies and 227 misdemeanors arising from infanticides and partial birth abortions of babies so large that he himself described them as big enough to walk me to the bus stop. If y'all haven't seen the movie Gosnell, you should. True story about this guy. G-O-S-N-E-L-L. I don't know where you can find it, Hulu, Netflix, wherever, but it's got to be available somewhere, YouTube maybe. Uh, the great uh, Dean Kane and Nick Searcy were both in that movie. While we work all over the country to strengthen protections for the innocent unborn, vulnerable human beings who cannot defend themselves against the syringe or the scalpel, We must at the same time rigorously enforce the laws we already have, nowhere more so than in our nation's capital. Even if D.C. Metro Police find that no D.C. laws have been violated, there are relevant federal laws here which must also be considered. We need to know when and how these infants died and whether it violated the Born Live Infants Protection Act or the federal ban on partial birth abortion. So we need a full medical examination now. Today, I'm urging my colleagues in Congress on both sides of the House to speak out and insist on a full investigation. But I also urge my colleagues in the Democrat Party to reflect on where their support for abortion has led us. I watched and cried from my seat in Congress this September as Democrats voted to allow abortions 
up until the very moment of birth, after two weeks of shouting their own abortion stories. I pray every day that they wake up and finally accept, as the American people do, as dictated by the science and commanded by Almighty God, that abortion is just another kind of murder, only a different kind of murder. It's murder of the most innocent people in our country. Well, she's a better person than I am. She prays that the Democrat politicians will wake up and realize that it's murder. I believe they know it's murder. They don't care. They don't care. It's uh it's horrible. It's horrible. And you know the Republican Party is supposed to be the pro life party. But um way too many people with an R by their name pay lip service. Pay lip service. Give an example. John Bozeman. John Bozeman, U.S. Senator, Arkansas. Who is always endorsed by Arkansas Right to Life. Has never in 21 years voted against a budget to fund Planned Parenthood. Now, how's that pro-life? How's that pro-life? Somebody help me out. Well, it's not. I don't know what Arkansas Right to Life's excuse is for endorsing a guy who always votes to fund Planned Parenthood. I have no idea. But it's, that's not pro-life. Planned Parenthood, the biggest abortion provider in the country. Do the math, right? All right, now. We are blessed to have advertisers on the Doc Washburn Show. I want to mention a few of them to you. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button on it that says Explore Payment Options. You click that button, and you're guided through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River your way makes car buying easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. 
the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S., redriveryourway.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, we talk about the criminal overreach, the unconstitutional overreach, the federal government all the time. So let me ask you, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions, you need to call my friend Art Wilborn at 837-2866. Better yet, because most people can't remember phone numbers. I sure can't. Why not just go to his website, myfamilyhealthplan.com. When you click on the website, myfamilyhealthplan.com, you see the big, bold letters, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then that big, beautiful red button, schedule call now. You click the button. You book a free consultation with Art Wilborn, and he'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. As a matter of fact, he'll make sure your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that does not force you to cover horrible things like abortion that would offend your deeply held religious beliefs, unlike some of those Obamacare plans, right? The website, again, is MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Click the red button that says Schedule Call Now. Book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Delighted to welcome a new advertiser to the Doc Washburn Show, Jonathan Presswood with Edward Jones. So let me ask you, does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation may change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals. Whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. What should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? or if you're getting close to retirement or already on retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he will partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you would like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation for that matter. Contact Jonathan Presswood 
a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call them today. 501-303-4844. Now, if you didn't get the phone number, we got a link to his website on our website. Just go to docwashburnshow.com, click on Jonathan Presswood with Edward Jones, and boom, there you go. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investment. Member, SIPC. I guess I should have said Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. Member, SIPC. That sounds so much better. All right. Having said that, so much more to get to today. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, best governor in America. Let's hear what he said. This was a little bit earlier today. We had a we had a mother from uh, Leon County, and her daughter was going to school. And the, some people in the school had decided that the daughter was really a boy and not a girl. So they changed the girl's name to a boy's name, had her dress like a boy, and all, doing all this stuff without telling the mother or getting consent from the mother. First of all, they shouldn't be doing that at all. But to do these things behind the parent's back and to say that the parent should be shut out, that is wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. I wonder what uh, Governor Ace Hutchinson thinks about that. Oh, by the way, by the way, the Hutchinson administration looks to be reacting to my candidacy. Everywhere I've gone, I have said there's a great tradition in Arkansas when you get elected governor, your first day on the job, you have resignation letters from the heads of all the departments and agencies. And I have said that I can't think of any right off the bat that I would decline. I mean, I'll have to double-check but I think I would probably accept the resignation of all the directors of all the departments and agencies. You know what I'm saying? And since this state has apparently discouraged hospitals and doctors from actually treating people for COVID, I would definitely fire not only Surgeon General, Dr. Greg Bledsoe, but also the director of the Arkansas Department of Health, Dr. Jose Romero. Well, guess what we just found out? Arkansas Secretary of Health, Jose Romero, has already submitted his resignation to take a position at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta. How about that? So it looks like they're already they're already reacting to my candidacy. I'm gonna tell you something. I think we're gonna win. I think we're gonna win. They wouldn't be reacting so much. 
Sarah Huckabee Sanders campaign wouldn't be reacting so much if they didn't think we would win. Let's see. Chris May over at TV station KTV says Dr. Jose Romero, who helped steer Arkansas's public health response throughout much of the coronavirus pandemic, is resigning as the state secretary of health to take a position with the CDC. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big reason for what's wrong. Oh, 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 okay, I get it. Uh, Stephen Simpson with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette reports, Governor Hutchinson says Dr. Romero will be greatly missed. Really? Dr. Romero got emotional talking about his wife's support and the heroes of the state's health department. Really? The heroes who are trying to enforce mass mandates on five-year-olds, those heroes? Wow, man. Wow. Yeah, KTBS says Dr. Romero was named the state's interim health secretary in May 2020, was named permanently to the position four months later. Wow. Fascinating. His last day will be May 6th. Get out while the getting's good, I guess, huh? Get out while the getting's good. Wait, 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 wait. There's a quote in Politico from yesterday from Arkansas Secretary of Health Jose Romero. He said they're cutting the legs out from under a solid COVID response in the future. This is going to cripple the response. Well, what is going to cripple the response? What exactly are you talking about? Okay, it doesn't want to load. It's just buffering. So I'll try to bring it up on the other computer. Yeah, we'll do that. I want to get the context for this. Wow. It doesn't want to load on the other computer either. I guess Politico's uh, servers are pretty busy right now. But when it does, we'll let you know. Okay, here we go. From Megan Meshley over Politico, states are ready to live with COVID. Congress funding fight is making that hard. Really? Let's see. States are eager to transition to a long-term COVID response strategy, but Congress' failure to provide new pandemic dollars is leaving them instead grappling with an acute crisis. Okay, what a lie. The state of Arkansas has a $1.2 billion tax surplus. you got plenty of money. A Politico review of more than a half dozen preparedness plans reveals how Reliant states remain on the federal government to fund vaccination. Well, we're only $30 trillion in debt. That's not nearly bad enough, right? 
testing and treatments for the uninsured and to support manufacturing those key COVID-fighting tools. Key COVID-fighting tools? Like um, dropping a few pounds, getting out in the sunlight? No, they won't talk about that. Health officials from Alabama to Washington State say congressional gridlock over providing billions in new money has undermined efforts to transition to a steady long-term approach to COVID-19. Arkansas Secretary of Health Jose Romero told Politico they're cutting the legs out from under a solid COVID response in the future. I hope so. This is going to cripple the response. Yeah, plenty of money. You know... One of the things I want to do is to root out corruption if I get elected governor of Arkansas. To root out corruption. There's so much of it. There's so much of it. we got to root out corruption. Anyway, I just thought I would share that with you. Oh, Arkansas Family Council... Reporting on Tuesday, and that's today, unless you're listening tomorrow, the court in Little Rock granted a continuance in an abortion facility owner, Natalie Tfeden's assault case, according to information posted online from the Arkansas Administrative Office of the Courts. Ms. Tfeden's Attorney did not immediately respond to an email request for comment. According to court documents from 2020, she's one of the owners of Little Rock Family Planning Services, a surgical abortion facility in Little Rock. Little Rock Police Department warrant and arrest report in the case indicates Feeden faces two counts of assault in the first degree for allegedly trying to strike pro-lifers with her vehicle while they prayed on the public easement outside the abortion facility on July 13, 2021. Her new court date is set for July 6, 2022. Family Council has collected Little Rock Police reports documenting multiple close calls that pro-lifers have had with vehicles outside the surgical abortion facility. And they have uh, in their article, <coughs> pardon me, in their article here, embedded YouTube video. And sure looks like her car hit somebody on the sidewalk to me, but hey, what do I know? Uh, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife of the firm, and I'm not the brightest bulb in the door. Anyway, a lot going on. Now, speaking of funding COVID response, it's a new article over the Epic Times TheEpicTimes.com from Peter Svab. Counties with highest vaccination rates see more COVID-19 cases than least vaccinated. Well, I bet you Dr. Jose Romero doesn't want to talk about that. I bet you Governor Asa Hutchinson doesn't want to talk about that. And I for sure know Sarah Huckabee Sanders won't want to talk about this. Uh-uh. No, no, no. U.S. counties with the highest rates of vaccination against COVID-19 are currently experiencing more cases than those with the lowest vaccination rates, according to data collected by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 
The 500 counties where 62 to 95 percent of the population has been vaccinated detected more than 75 cases per 100,000 residents on average in the past week. Meanwhile, the 500 counties where 11 to 40 percent of the population has been vaccinated averaged about 58 cases per 100,000 residents. The data is skewed by the fact CDC suppresses figures for counties with very low numbers of detected cases, one to nine, for privacy purposes. The Epic Times calculated the average case rates by assuming the counties with the suppressed numbers have five cases each on average. The least vaccinated counties tended to be much smaller, averaging less than 20,000 population. The most vaccinated counties had an average population of over 330,000. More populous counties, however, were not more likely to have higher case rates. All right, well, I'll tell you something. On a completely unrelated note, it's getting hot here in the home studio. i got to go turn the AC on. So mind the store for just a second, will you? Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'll be right back. i to turn the AC on. One moment. Okay. I'm back. That's better. Well, it's like I say when every time I open a show, there's serious, serious negative reactions for a lot of people who've gotten the jab. And, you know, I lost my job because I wouldn't get vaccinated. And that's fine. God works all things together for the good to them that love him and are called according to his purposes. I wouldn't be able to run for governor if I still was doing that show every day. I guarantee you that. No way. Okay, wait. What is this? What is this from the Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas? Oh, this is weird. There's a guy on Twitter who's quoting He's quoting some stuff from the Little Rock mayor and the Little Rock police chief, but he doesn't say where they came from. Now, this is weird. So I'm going to do a little uh, Internet search here. Because sometimes if you do a search, whether you use Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo or whatever it is, you can figure out where something came from. If you search for a quote... In quotation marks. It's really strange. This guy's got a screenshot of something that the mayor of Little Rock and the Little Rock police chief, who I, I, I believe both are irredeemably corrupt, said, okay, so he got it from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I see. He got it from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. All right, let's take a look, see what they say here. Neil Early, the reporter, by the way. Little Rock officials gathered on Monday night for another forum to address the city's recent increase in violent crime. Speaking about how it has affected them personally. The event 
was part of a series of talks called Courageous Conversations as Community Leaders Attempt to Reach Out Amid an Escalation of Homicides in Little Rock. Members of the panel spoke about the devastation uh, an increase in the violence is doing to the capital city. Mayor Frank Scott Jr. said he knew two homicide victims this year. Pastor Preston Clegg of Second Baptist Church downtown spoke about the COVID-19 pandemic serving as catalyst for an increase in crime near his church on East 8th Street. Huh. How was the COVID-19 pandemic a catalyst for an increase in crime? I don't understand. The increase in homicides prompted a renewed push from city officials with the Little Rock Board of Directors voting to declare gun violence a public health emergency and a resolution passed in February. The public health emergency called for increasing strategic and targeted police patrol police patrols, lifting limits on overtime, and finding social workers to help address community violence, according to the resolution. Well, see, the problem with gun violence being a public health emergency is that the victims don't have access to guns. See? It's not a fair fight if somebody with a gun shoots and kills somebody who doesn't have a gun to shoot back. So we need to make it easier for people to protect and defend themselves. Now, I know that's anathema to our mayor and our police chief. But truth hurts sometimes. Hashtag truth is ouchy. Now, referring to violent crime, Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott Jr. said it hits home. Because many of the homicides I have a connection to in some way, shape, form, or fashion, and it must stop. Well, what connection do you have to many of the homicides in some way, shape, form, or fashion, Mayor Scott? Is because they all, almost all, have a similar amount of melanin to the amount of melanin you have? Now, in case you think that's unfair... This is the guy who basically ran for mayor saying, elect me, I'm black. This is the guy who made it very clear that he believes all white folks have some kind of racism in their psyche and their way of looking at things, whether they realize it or not. So, yeah. Mayor Scott said Little Rock police have increased patrols in high-crime areas as a short-term fix. Yeah, that's going to be a short-term fix because you have such a shortage in officers because you showed such contempt for law enforcement, and they're leaving in droves. But you know that. Mayor Scott added, any positive changes won't come quickly as the city has to address the roots of crime, which he attributed to the city's youth seeing no opportunity or future for themselves. I wonder if maybe this critical race theory that you love, worship, and adore, telling them that they don't have any opportunity or future, what if that might be part of it? According to Little Rock Police Statistics, the homicide rate in Little Rock increased by 33%. 
in the first three months of 2022 compared with the first three months of 2021. Mayor Scott said we have to provide more resources to our youth and our young adults because that's where it's at. We have a generation of youth we may have lost 10 years ago that literally does not see life past 25. What does that mean? Mayor Scott said the current violent crime surge is not as bad as the increase in gun crimes the city saw in the 1990s. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. He said the crime wave from the 1990s was driven by a gang culture, whereas the current rise is driven by social ills the pandemic revealed. I didn't realize the pandemic revealed anything. Mayor Scott said the city board of directors has set aside almost $2 million in crime prevention efforts for Little Rock youths. Yeah, that's not going to help. Not going to help. How about firing the chief, getting a chief that respects his officers instead of a chief that's being sued by so many of them? He doesn't care. The mayor also took aim at Arkansas gun laws, saying the state needs to impose greater restrictions on where people can carry guns. I tell you what, pal. Hey, Frank, Jr., Frank Jr., yeah, talking to you. Why don't you take a long walk off a short pier? Not going to happen. The people who are murdering other people don't follow the law, Frank, but you know that. So why do you want people to be defenseless against violent murderers, against criminals, Frank? Little Rock Police Chief Keith Humphrey echoed those sentiments, saying it's hard for police to push back against rising gun violence in a, quote, state that is so liberal when it comes to gun laws, unquote. That's not true. If he believes it's true, it shows he has a low IQ. He referenced the state law that allows citizens to conceal carry in parks and sport fields. Yeah, why don't you want people to be able to protect them, defend themselves, Chief? In an interview, Mayor Scott said, we have guns that are being allowed in parks and things of that nature. It's not a good recipe right now, unquote. Well, here's the problem. If you can't legally take guns into parks... The only people who have them are the criminals. He doesn't care. Pastor Clegg said that since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, he has noticed an increase in crimes near his downtown Little Rock Church, saying some parishioners, particularly women, have felt endangered in the area, especially at night. He said, we've been a downtown church for as long as we've been a church, so there are a few things that we have not seen. The pandemic was a game changer for us with the many things we saw around our church, an uptick in drug usage, violence around our church. What does that have to do with the pandemic, Pastor Click? Chief Humphrey also blamed the pandemic for an increase in violence, saying a mental health crisis pushed interpersonal conflicts to become more violent with guns often being used to resolve Disputes. What does that have to do with the pandemic, Chief Humphrey? The chief said people do not know how to agree to disagree and spills over to the point where people need guns to sell their differences. Again, what does that have to do with the pandemic, Chief Humphrey? During the question and answer portion, former Pulaski County Circuit Judge Marion Humphrey 
asked the panel to address the alienation of young black males. He said, if we're going to deal with crime, we don't need to beat around the bush. Now, Marion Humphrey, former judge Marion Humphrey. Now, he's an interesting fella. I got a history with that judge. No, 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 no. Not, not that I met him. Not that I met him. But uh, he was in the news a while back. He was in the news a while back. Yeah, he, uh, he oversaw a mentor program. He oversaw a mentor program, youth mentoring program. And there was a guy there who was one of the mentors who had been volunteering for six years with the OK program, otherwise called Our Kids. And uh, court records show that this guy, Earl Williams, served time on a 2002 rape conviction, which put him on the sex offenders registry, classified as level three offender, which means high risk. Judge Marion Humphrey was a chair of this youth mentoring program at a public school. He said about the guy who had served time in prison for rape, he's concerned about the, these kids in our community. His heart is in working with these kids and helping them, motivating them, steering them in a different direction. Earl Williams' arrest report showed he was booked in the Pulaski County Jail February 22nd, 2019, just a couple of weeks before this uh, TV report, he was facing two felony charges of being an offender and working with children and being an offender on a school campus. Judge Marion Humphrey said he didn't know that Earl Williams' sex offender status meant he was unable to work with youth because he said the victim from 2002 was an adult. Oh, well! Seriously? Seriously. Interestingly enough, this um, this gathering of Little Rock officials on Monday night for another forum to address the city's recent increase in violent crime, at no point in the article does it say where it happened. And that's kind of weird because I remember my dad telling me when I was a little boy, journalism, you're supposed to who, what, where, when, and, and if possible, why. So there's no where on it. Oh, well. I just had to get that out of my system. All right. We are so thankful, so blessed to have advertisers on the Doc Washburn Show in which uh, they they help us to do what we do. Oh, somebody said on the Podbean app, could it have anything to do with the drugs coming across our southern border? Well, I don't doubt it. Let me mention a couple of our advertisers here to you real quick. I want to say uh, a word about my friend Justin Minton. M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Benton, Arkansas. Justin's a former insurance adjuster, left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer. 
Founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And sure helped me out when I, I was, I've been in three automobile accidents since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. Insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. So whether you're hurt in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, now, let me tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Okay? Let me start by asking you a couple of questions. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Do you have back pain? How about vertigo? Um, Acid reflux? Hay fever? Problems with your blood sugar? Eczema? Okay. Now, look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or the right instead of sit up or stand up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, let me explain to you how this works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on your spinal column. The top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, only weighs two ounces, so it's really easy for your atlas to, atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your circulatory system, your digestive system, your reproductive system, and yes, your respiratory system. And it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, hay fever, eczema, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Or go to the website turnmypoweron.com, especially if you're outside central Arkansas. You want to go to that website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I certainly hope you can. All right. All right. You know what? It's that time again. I just love doing it. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. All right, thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate that. Tweet of the Day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. 
The big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online and drive it to your front door, deliver it wherever you live in the continental U.S. Okay, today's Tweet of the Day is brought to you by something called Damage Incorporated and... It's a tweet of about a five or six second long video from, looks like Ukraine, of minesweepers. People with sticks walking through an open field sweeping for mines. Let's see if we get any video, uh, any audio off of this. Let's turn this up, see if we get any audio. Okay. So there's no uh, voiceover from a reporter there, but I see in the lower right-hand corner it's um, in a foreign language, clearly either Russian or some kind of Eastern European language. But the point that this Damage Incorporated guy makes about this tweet with this video, cameraman walking ahead of minesweepers, LOL! Now, again, again, I just wonder sometimes. I just wonder sometimes if the fact that all the people who told us that Biden and his cronies did not steal the election, including people on Fox News who said they didn't steal the election, are saying that this this one war right here is the one we need to care about. Not any of the other wars been going on for the past 30 or 40 years, but this one. You know, if there might be some connection there, Might be some connection. Let me see if uh, if Joe Biden has anything to say about it. Let's check this real quick. Oh, sorry, I gotta I gotta turn him back up. I apologize. Yeah, we don't we don't want fearless leader to be uh, shut out here. And the and the only woman truck driver I ever knew I met that day, she said, "This is Big Mama, no room." <laughs> Swear to God, true story. <laughs> Swear to God. He said, he said, I've got a United States senator driving my truck. She said, I got the damn president of mine. So what? <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was a very powerful guy. Anyway, that was the first woman trucker I met. And the, and the only woman trucker. Yeah, he swears to God all the time about stuff he makes up. Because he doesn't think he'll have to ever have to stand in front of him. He swears to God all the time about stuff he just makes up, stuff he lies about. Because he doesn't think that there will ever be any negative consequence for him. You know what I'm saying? 
Just thought I would share that with you. Just thought I would share that with you. Uh, by the way, Miranda Devine was on uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson last night saying the Biden administration has started up the secret flights of illegal aliens again. You, like me, governor of Arkansas, must stop it. I'm going to stop it. A lot of things I'll stop. Okay, all that having been said, you've been listening to episode 122 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Tuesday, April 5th, 2022.